My name is Nicholas Danforth, and I'm an editor at War on the Rocks. You are listening to The Warcast, the members-only podcast for what you need to know now. On Tuesday, the Biden administration kicked off its U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit in Washington. Here to discuss what this means for U.S. policy and for the continent, we're joined by Sarah Harrison. Sarah is a senior analyst at the Crisis Group and previously served as an associate general counsel at the Department of Defense. Welcome to The Warcast. Thank you for having me. Now tell us, what is Biden hoping to achieve with this summit? It's twofold. One, emphasizing strengthening partnerships with African countries, uh, really underscoring the equality in the relationship and renewing the relationship and having this reboost after the Trump administration, um, where many seem to consider that a you know, four years of neglect uh, towards the continent. And this is, uh, you know, eight years since we've had the original summit that occurred under the Obama administration. And so I think they're looking forward to the opportunity to really engage in strengthening the partnerships, uh, but also on a wide range of issues, which some have been critical of because there hasn't necessarily been a priority on focusing on on any, you know, one, two or three topics, but um, many issues like democracy and security, energy, tech, even space is on the agenda this week. But I think that the Biden administration would say that this this agenda is important because it actually shows the strength in um, the many issues that U.S. government can engage African partners on. Tell us first, I mean, how do they plan to emphasize the equality in the relationship? There have been criticisms that uh, there haven't been any trips from the president to uh, the continent yet or any bilateral meetings planned for this week. But I think I think what U.S. government policymakers will do in these meetings is try to engage on what African countries want, uh, what they see for their future, what they see in the relationship and what they want from the relationship and have it be a, a you know, an engagement versus a talking to. And I think that African countries will want to see some of the deliverables that the Biden administration has already either hinted at or announced, which is major investments of billions of dollars in the next few years on the continent. Um, support for the African Union to have a seat on the G20, potentially for seats on the UN Security Council, um, and for some visits from the president eventually to the continent, to some countries. Um, So I think that they're looking to see that, which will help to underscore the effort to strengthen the partnerships and have equal partnerships with African countries. In some of the areas you mentioned, be it democracy, be it defense, technology, uh, what kind of specific steps are African countries looking for? I think with security, they're going to want to see continued engagement from the Defense Department and from the State Department and USAID, which actually the the Biden administration just had their, um, it's a peace and security and governance panel happened yesterday, uh, which was co-hosted by Secretary Austin and Secretary Blinken, Administrator Power, um, and had presidents from Mozambique and Somalia on the panel. And in that conversation, they emphasized um, what they call the three Ds, the development, democracy, and defense, in trying to work with African partners to provide security. 
And so I think African partners will want to continue to see those types of engagements, which can also help in other areas in like democracy um, and expanding trade and, and, and health. Those departments obviously are, are big players at this entire summit because of the engagements that they have on the continent. So I think they're going to want to continue to see concrete steps moving forward with those departments. One thing to note is that, you know, without um, additional authorities or assistance coming from Congress, the money and the programming that the Biden administration is announcing with respect to all of their, all of the different parts of the agenda are already in place. So it's more of like a highlighting of like what the policies and programming will be for the next three years, but it's not necessarily anything very new, right? Because Congress hasn't passed something that would be, you know, a new piece of legislation or a new appropriation for specifically for the continent of Africa. But yeah, I, I think that looking towards, uh, or at least African countries will be looking for um, those continued engagements by especially those departments. On a different note, then, we've seen similar summits hosted recently by countries like France, China, and Turkey. Uh, how did those go? How does this compare? Obviously, an important point to make that this summit uh, is in the context of, of uh, other types of gatherings. Um, I don't know if they use the word summit when they gather, but other types of gathering, gatherings to engage the, um, the, the leadership of the African continent. You know, summits like the ones that happen in, Af in, in China, um, which have been happening for years, is it, very different from what's happening in the United States uh, during this week's summit. You know, civil society is not engaged in the way that the U.S. government is engaging civil society. They're engaging African civil society and the diaspora here, which is uh, very interesting because the U.S. U.S. summit has been focused on youth and youth leadership and uh, the future of Africa in that way. Um, and so see civil society and non-government officials is really important to these conversations. While China would, you know, invite leaders of governments to have very specific conversations about trade and investment and growth and not necessarily open societies and, and democracy, that's not their emphasis, right? And so, uh, and the difference there also would be China would invite all heads of state, the US government, um, did not include Guinea, Sudan, Burkina Faso, Eritrea um, on the invite lists and, and Mali as well, partly because uh, four of them have been have undergone coups um, and then um, Eritrea does not have a, a relationship with the United States. And so there are there are different aspects of these kinds of, uh, of summits um, that I think people are looking at and contrasting um, mostly because of great power competition. Um, Russia also has um, its own engagements with the continent for different reasons. And it's not as obviously engaged as in the way that China is. And I think that this, this narrative of other summits and, and comparison to the U.S. summits um, is on the mind of Biden administration officials. They uh, probably want to distinguish their summit from, from what Russia and China and others are doing. Um, to really emphasize the holistic approach to the relationship um, with African countries. And um, I was actually really surprised to hear Secretary of Defense Austin talk about great power competition on the panel, uh, the Peace and Security and Governance panel, because my assumption was that they would want to avoid it because African leaders don't want to be pitted against um, other countries. But he did 
talk about it actually first. It was one of his first talking points about disruption of China on the continent um, and how their engagements are destabilizing. And he really uh, put a stake in the ground about how that's, you know, in stark contrast to uh, U.S. engagements on the continent. Thank you so much for joining us on the Warcast.